Hallelujah. Let's get into the word. Last, remember we were teaching about integrity. And last week we were explaining about how do we integrate God's word into our lives. And we read a definition of integrity. And the definition goes like this. It's an incorruptible righteousness that is demonstrated over and over. An incorruptible righteousness that is demonstrated over and over. And God willingly, I will finish today with this series in terms of the uh, integrating God's word into our lives. Because next week I won't be here, but I will stream live from the Holy Land. So we will do a, a, a devotion from the Holy Land. And, that, and, and I want to say, now, can you see now, I'm not going to be here. So there must be an uncontrollable righteousness on all of you to demonstrate doing the right thing over and over. So don't stay absent. Eh? <laughs> don't run away because I'm not going to be here. So the definition is an incorruptible righteousness that is demonstrated over and over. Part three. As you can remember last week, we said we speak about the integrity, the integral part of how to be together. Not how to lose one, oneself, not to be the, the uh, one person on a Monday and a different person on a Tuesday or a different person on a Wednesday. So we spoke about the first three components that I mentioned. We spoke about we need to build our lives on the Word of God. When we build our, our lives on the Word of God, we know that the Word is our foundation as believers. Outside of the world, we don't have substance. John 15 verse 1 says that Jesus said, I am the vine. If anyone abides in me, I will abide in him. And if you abide in me, you can ask me anything and I can do it for you. So when we don't abide in the vine, which is the word, we cannot do anything. Outside of Jesus, we can't do anything. So we need to build our lives. And we said there are four things that Basically, people use most of the times that they build their lives on. They, they build their lives on being popular. They build their lives on traditions of men. They build their lives on reasonings of men. They build their lives on the emotions of men, basically. And then the second component we spoke about, when we, have to, when we take the Word of God and we feed on it. You remember the illustration with the tea bag, where the cup was there and the tea bag. So when we just dip it once, it doesn't make any con uh, the difference to the, to the water. But when we meditate on the word, we feed on it, we dissect it, we chow it, we make a bunny chow of it, we make a pie, and, and, and we, we toss it over and over. And I showed you that the word, that the tea bag, as it is dipped and dipped, it changed the composition of the water. So the, and the, the water became tea. So the word there was Colossians 3, let the word of God dwell richly in you. So that's how... When we feed on it, we basically integrate on it. The third one that we said was we live by it. Um, the, and Psalm 1 was our, our key scripture there that said, Blessed are those that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. So we, we said that when you live by it, you need to live by the word. You don't have to live by any other standard. When you live by the word, the word will guide you and the word will direct you. Remember when Jesus was tempted, he made the famous it is written statements. And we mentioned that three times that whenever we are tempted by something, if the word, if we haven't built on the word, we cannot feed on the word. And when we don't feed on the word, we cannot speak the word. So when we live by the word, it means whatever challenges comes our way, we have to combat the challenges with the word. So it must say to Satan, it is written. 
it is written, it is written, okay? You remember the cup of the water again? We said that as we live by the word, the water that started out as water then became tea. So we took on the identity of Christ. So now we are no longer water, we are Christ-like, little Christians. Now point four today, I want us to talk about uh, when, we, when we build on it, when we feed on it, and when we live by it. Our key scriptures today is Psalm 119 and also um, Luke 8. But we'll get there now. But I, 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 want, I, want, I want to stop on point number four now. Basically that says, when we have built on it, we feed on it and we live by it. Then basically, we have to grow through it. You see, we have to grow through it. And sometimes when we look at the word grow, we don't, we don't want to grow. And yesterday we were talking on the Great Commission show about pruning. Now, before we get to what is really about how do we grow through the word, let me tell you something. And I want to read something for you. The one thing that determines the level of our potential, produces the intensity of our activities, and predicts the quality of the result we receive, is basically what the Bible describes in Luke 8, our attitude. What is our attitude toward God's word? You understand what I'm saying? How do we perceive God's word? Now, a lot of times, attitude. We think, we think about attitude and, and say don't give me attitude. But when we look at, let's go, to, let's, let's go to the scripture in Luke 8, quickly. Let's read it. And I'm going to read, it's the parable of the sower. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. He said, a farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed among, some fell among the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up and healed the crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears, to them let them hear what I said. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. And all of you guys also asked me what this parable meant. So Jesus said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. Underline the word hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy and when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in times of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell amongst thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and yet an SMS, yet a notification, all of those worries, and they do not mature. But seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. Underline the word again, heart who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving, they produce a crop. That's Luke 8. Now, when we look at the word heart there, it really means, if in biblical context, it means the mind. 
you know, the attitude towards God's word. What is our attitude? We can see our attitude towards certain people, but our attitude also towards God's word. Do we take the word seriously? Because the Bible teaches us that the word of God is the seed. And our hearts today represents soil. Our hearts today represents the soil. But the, and I'm going to talk to you about that. There's four different attitudes of soil. And there's four different attitudes of our hearts. And that's what the, 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 the parable of the sower tells us when we look at this. Because the soil that, that represents our heart. You remember God says in Ezekiel that I will take out the heart of stone. And I will replace it with a heart of flesh. The Bible clearly teaches us that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And also the Bible teaches us that out of the heart flows the issues of life. Now, why Jesus spoke in parables is because the heart of ours represents the soil. We always pray and we ask for a receptive heart. Now, a receptive heart represents receptive soil. If the soil has an attitude to say, I'm not going to let you plant there, then we don't have food to eat. So understand that as we grow, as God's word grows in us, it can either fall on hardened soil, it can either fall on soil that is uh, rocky and thorny, it can fall on, um, on, on soil that is uh, hardened, uh, the mines are closed, and it can fall on good soil. But in life, as we integrate God's word, we need to examine our hearts. Why do you think David asked when he said in Psalm, O Lord, create within me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me? Because the heart, in Matthew, God said that they worship me with their mouths and with their hands, but their hearts are far from me. So it's important to understand that for the word to grow in us, we need to examine the soil that we have, our heart, the condition of our heart. Because the condition of our heart sometimes is so hardened. And we'll get there. The first point that I want to I wanna, I wanna, I wanna go to is the condition of our heart that is hardened. We don't have a receptive heart. It's hardened soil. We don't give God a chance in our life. We don't take the word seriously. So the word comes in one ear and it goes out the next ear. Because our hearts are hardened. That's why when God said, I want to take out that heart of stone hmm, and replace it with a heart of flesh. Because God cannot work with a hard heart. The soil, can you imagine a seed that falls on a on soil that is hard? Guess what will happen? The birds will come and eat it. Guess what happens when you, your heart is hard and, 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 and out of compulsion you give. Out of necessity you help a brother. Out of complaining you do this and you do that. Guess what? The word cannot be rooted in us. Because the word, have you, have you seen sometimes when you, when you get out of church and then the word was spoken, but when you get to the car park, you don't remember the word. Because sometimes the word that is spoken falls on hard hearts. Your heart is too. Because God looks at our heart. God, let me tell you something. God doesn't look at the externals. God looks at the heart of a man. That's why God described David a man after my own heart. A lot of times, we, our external externities, we make mistakes, but God knows our heart. I say a lot of times that I have got a lot of faults. I can buy a photo. Buy, buy, buy a photo. Only God knows our heart, the conditions of our heart. 
So we can fool a lot of people a lot of times and we can fool some people sometimes. But we cannot fool God all the time because God knows it already, the condition of our heart. And when our heart is hardened towards people, the word of God cannot root. And then we find ourselves, but who come? Yeah, we do that because it's external. But our heart has become so hard. And that's why this morning when I said about unforgiveness, because unforgiveness dries up the bones. Bitterness dries up the bones. It makes it mark the heart hard. As you unforgiveness loop. When you, when, you, when you hate people, and it's a very strong word, when you despise people, guess what happens? It's, you send off toxic waste into your heart and it poisons the heart. It hardens it. Now your, your, your heart is, is too. It's closed because the word of God, even if it comes and it falls there, can't do anything. It is closed and it just, it, it withers away. We don't have receptive hearts. We sit sometimes and we hear the word and we don't even... But our eyes are focused on the pastor. We are not focused on receiving the word. Because here it is, how can the word be integrated? Because we've, we've built on it, we, we, we fed on it, we live by it, but how, how can we grow in it? How can we grow in it? Because the word is a seed. God's word is a seed. The word of God spoke creation into life. The word of God has creative power. So whatever we speak... Whatever we confess, we will possess. And a lot of times, I want us to today to examine our hearts. Examine our hearts. You know, Psalm 139, David was saying, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart and see if there's anything unpure, anything unholy, anything that is not desirous of you. Search my heart. And if it's there, remove it. Burn it away. So I want us to examine our hearts today. And really examine and say, you know what? Am I really receptive for God's word? Am I really receptive for God's word? Do I receive it? Because if I do receive it, it must grow, isn't it? You must bear fruit. That's what the word of God says. So if we can't bear fruit, then it means that the seed hasn't fallen on fertile ground. Germinate and then the seed dies. That's point number one when we have a hardened heart. Point number two is when the seeds that we plant, when it's shallow, when it's not deep enough. So what happens when, when we receive the heart? The heart is shallow. The heart is very shallow, but and then the word comes. The word just, you know, it grips there. And it just when, it, when it's about to, 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 to grow, the enemy comes and he takes it and he uproots it. Superficial stuff. Have you ever seen... When we do things superficially, we, we don't do things wholeheartedly. Do things superficially. But our hearts are far from it. That means that when it was shallow. We baby pool swim. baby pool? Because it's shallow, it's lekker. We don't want God to, to cut us open. God, we don't want God to get deeper into our heart because why? You know what? Some people are afraid ne, that when they give their heart completely, ne, they're afraid. For what are you afraid? Because you're giving it to the one that has it in the first place. We can give our hearts to our partners. But have we ever given our heart to Jesus fully? Huh? Wholeheartedly. Unconditionally. 
Here's the thing, you know, I, I was reading this article about this man and woman that was getting married. And this man popped the question and this woman said, Oh, I've waited for this all my life. Thank you, thank you. The man proposing and he says, Hey, I'm going to marry you, my sweetheart. It's not, it's not for me. So, as the man gets up from his knees, the woman says, But I also want to tell you, man, I'm also in love with A, B, C and D. So this man looks at her and says, ah, but how can it be? I'm giving you my heart. Your heart should be for me only. But why is it now fragmented? No, I love you, but I, I can't be uh, tied down to a one-person relationship. And that's what God is wanting us. Eh? Where is our hearts? With who is our hearts? All over the place. Our hearts is in our work. Our hearts is in our children. Our hearts are in our cars. Our hearts sometimes are in our pockets, in our wallets. God says that we need to die to ourselves. And when we die to ourselves, He has the right to our hearts. But we cannot have a fragmented heart. The left side of the heart belongs to the world and the right side of the heart belongs to Jesus. Because there's no demilitarized zone. There's no neutral ground when it comes. We need to give our heart. It cannot be shallow. It cannot be hard. When God takes our heart, it's the soil. It is the soil for us to grow into the Word. And if we don't grow into the Word, we'll be tossed to and fro. Amen. And when Jesus said He's coming back for a spotless church for His bride, it means where will He find us? Will we have another love? Who is our love? Are we sold out for Jesus? They can call me crazy, whatever they want to call me. You know, I can't fathom even every day the love of Christ. I can't understand the love of Christ. For me, it's a journey still to, to, to get to know and understand and comprehend that love. That love that, that can never be taken away, no matter how bad you are. No matter how far you've fallen short of the glory. But this love that Christ has for us is a love that's, that, that, that goes beyond borders, beyond anything. You can't explain it. You can't define it. And Christ wants for us to give us our hearts to Him completely. You know, when we, when we, when, when we get saved and born again, Sometimes we get born again in the flesh, but our hearts are still in the world because we still love the things of the world and we care about all these other things except being in the Word because the Word is our standard. If the Word doesn't dwell in us richly, we will not be able to resist, submit to God and resist the devil because the Word must grow in us. It has to grow in us. If we don't allow the Word to grow in us, we will be shallow, we will be hardened. The third point is a, th is a soil that is full of weeds. Have you seen oncrate? You know what weeds is? Not that that you smoke. Weed is, a, is, 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 is uh, what do they call it? They call it oncrate in Afrikaans, but it is, um, in English, it's called enemies of plants, weeds. Now, what happens when the, 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 the word gets sown? Yes, it comes in there and it stays there, but it's, it's, it's sown amongst the weeds, the cares of the world. So all the cares is in the heart. All the, the worries and the anxieties and all these things. But that is in the heart. So what happens when that, when that, when that seed, it strangles it. It chokes it to death. And then you, the word doesn't grow. The word just falls flat. Because the cares of the world has choked us. How many times we sit even here worrying about what's going to happen in the next hour. Because that's the cares of the world. The cares of the world chokes us and, and, and 
hinders from the word, the word to, to grow in us and to take root in us. So our hearts is basically full of weeds. The fourth point is that when Jesus says it's a fourth kind of attitude that our soil has, it's a willing mind. So it means I'm teachable, I'm receptive, I'm there to hear. When I hear, I hear so that I have ears to hear. My ears are spiritually inclined. So when the seed falls into the willing mind, good soil, it means good soil. When that seed falls in there, it goes deeper and deeper because the heart is open. It's receptive. And then that word, the, word, the seed germinates. Do you know why seeds, let me, let me ask you, do you know why seeds has to be planted deep? Do you know why a seed has to be planted deep? Do you know our hearts, why we need to make sure that the word of God is rooted in our hearts? Do you know why? Because first of all, seed needs to be in a dark place. And it goes through pain because it has to break forth. And when it breaks forth, it gives life. The Bible says, out of the heart flows the issues of life. So life flows forth from the heart. 